0: To reconcile the fact that we are not truly responsible for the lives we lead with the countless choices we make every day what to eat, what to wear, whether to lie or tell the truth, whether to stand up for ourselves or suffer in silence. After all, I'm choosing to type these words and you're choosing to listen to them. However, the act of making a choice does little to confer responsibility. The reason for this is simple we make choices with a brain we didn't choose. No one creates their own brain. No one even really understands the workings of their brain, let alone anyone else's. Just as computers do not program themselves, we do not wire the grey matter inside our skulls. This feat is accomplished through endless interactions between our genes and environment, neither of which we control. The upshot is, that I did not choose to be me, and you did not choose to be you. Yet who we are determines the choices we make in any given situation. Intuitively, we understand this. We are good at predicting the behavior of those we know well. If a child, partner or sibling, shows a drastic change in behavior, we look for some external cause. Drugs, bullying, overwork. Take the real-life case of a middle-aged married man, let's call him John, who developed an overwhelming addiction to child pornography. After several incidents of highly inappropriate sexual behaviour, as well as some time on a rehabilitation programme, John faced a stretch in prison. Suffering from increasingly painful headaches, John was hospitalised the night before he was due to be sentenced. A brain scan revealed a massive tumor in his orbitofrontal cortex. The surgeons operated, removed the tumor, and John's sexual appetite and behavior returned to normal. After six months, however, the paedophilic tendencies returned. His wife took him back to the surgeon, who discovered that a portion of the tumor had regrown. After a second operation, John's behavior returned to normal. With the discovery of the brain tumour, John seems more a victim than a moral deviant, someone worthy of compassion rather than punishment. We tell ourselves that the tumour is to blame for his troubling behaviour, and, of course, no one chooses to have a tumour. But what if there had been no tumour? Would that have made John more responsible? Would you feel more justified in blaming John if, say, His addiction had been the product of childhood abuse rather than the abnormal growth of brain tissue. If so, why? We no more control our upbringing than we do cell growth in the brain and formative experiences have a profound impact on the way we develop. In the 1950s, British psychiatrist John Bowlby showed that a child's relationship with its primary caregiver has a decisive impact on emotional and mental development. Today, it is widely accepted among child psychologists that if a child fails to form a secure attachment to a caregiver, the likelihood increases of developing a range of behavioral problems related to depleted self-worth, lack of trust in other people, and an absence of empathy. The Adverse Childhood Experiences, ACE Study one of the largest of its kind looked at the long term effects of childhood trauma on health and behavior. Its findings confirm what many might expect stressful or traumatic childhood experiences such as abuse, neglect, witnessing domestic violence, or growing up with alcohol or other substance abuse, mental illness, parental discord, or crime in the home are a common pathway to social, emotional, and cognitive impairments that lead to increased risk of violence or revictimization, disease, disability, and premature mortality. The prevalence of and risks associated with these problems are greater in people who have experienced more abuse. For instance, each traumatic event in a child's life makes them two to four times more likely to develop an addiction. Most brain development takes place after birth. This is a distinctive feature of human beings. Dr. Gabor Mate, a physician specialist.